the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I like listening to earnings calls. They're not as cool as like watching ESPN and coming to work tomorrow and saying, hey, did you see who the San Francisco 49ers drafted or the San Francisco Giants uh, picked up a first rounder out of LSU? Like, I don't really care. I pay attention to money stories not necessarily sports stories. I love sports stories because they're so dramatic. You know, the South African was the first person in his family to ever run a four-minute mile. He's not just representing himself. He's representing people who have been oppressed. Like, I love a good sports story. No doubt about it. They sell themselves. This young man, his mom raised him. His dad was a deadbeat. And like, they're great stories. <clears throat> but money stories are better. Here's one of the uh, conference calls I listened to over the weekend. I listened to Delta's call from last week. It was fascinating for me. Um, Their CEO said, people have not had access to our product for the better part of two years. And I'm like, really? That's a funny way of saying that. They're talking about pent-up demand and how flying is going to continue. And costs have started to come down in inflation ratings on fares. But they have a very bright future if they don't get greedy and sell too many opportunities. They need to cut down their opportunities as flying demand should peak during the summer. As we go back to school, we're like, well, we're not going to go away this weekend because, you know, school on Monday and we got to have the kids to bed by nine on Sunday. Airlines feel comfortable. In the past, they've sometimes gotten greedy. That's the fear that you always have with them. So I just thought it was funny. I, I thought that was a great quote by a CEO. Access to our product. Like, wait, wait, don't you just sell basically a bus in the air? Kind of, right? Um, consumers continue to spend voraciously on travel, but they have not had access to our product in two years. I'm like, that's hilarious. Because it is a bus. If you've ever been flying, it's a bus. And if you've been flying recently, it's a bus that has a lot of COVID on it. Okay couple thoughts um <clears throat> odd ways to save money the name of your college means absolutely nothing in my opinion to me college was about and this should be better explained in high school learn to network you stupid idiot and my high school professors my high school teachers pounded in my head learn to network you stupid idiot that's what college is it's it's getting up on time. It's showing your boss, your seven o'clock English teacher that you can show up on time, turn in a project on time, finish up on time, work with others on time. It's kind of like a mini world of work. <clears throat> Everyone in my life right now, um, my kids, friends, the families, the mothers, the fathers, if you were to look at everyone, the restaurants that I go to, people that I cross paths with, I don't know a single one of their colleges. Um, 
so 150,000 degree from the University of Michigan to me means nothing unless you learn to network, you stupid idiot. You learn to play the game and you're paying a lot of money to give the University of Michigan out of state to learn to play the game. But there's 50,000 students there and you should learn to play the game and have friends for life and have networking people for life. It's a very odd content concept for me to push to you as a financial idea, but I think college is about networking. It's a paid networking and paid practice for work, but very little else. Do not get a fun or flashy car is my second fun piece of financial advice. This segment It's just throwing money away. Um, when you have a $110,000 Tesla, you're basically saying I'm financially stupid or I'm financially so well off. I don't care. If you're financing a Tesla at four or 5%, I think you're insane. I think there's something wrong with your financial ability to process thoughts. Is that better than financially insane? I used to use the term financially retarded because I grew up with, there's mental retarded people who have brain issues that slowly develop. But also I grew up with flame retardant and flame retardant is if you put something on a, a chemical on something, it, it doesn't catch fire as fast. So I thought the word retardant was okay to use, but it's sometimes gets me complaints. So when I say financially retardant, I don't want you to hurt your financial growth is what I'm getting at on flashy cars, especially if you're young. But that's just me. Some silly financial tips that I wrote down this weekend um, while at dinner was start saving. I wasted so much potential earnings because my parents were overly cautious about investing. They would only save money in regular saving accounts or CDs for a large part of my life. I didn't see the 401ks. I didn't see the 403bs. I didn't see you know, the, uh, the investment plans. My dad didn't have that stuff lying around. Having it lie around for my kids, I think is helpful for them to show them like, hey, you can't get by just investing in CDs or just having money in the bank. My dad had a great pension lineup and that really saved his retirement, but he wasn't a great investor. So this financial tip is I, I want you to start saving, but I also kind of want you to do it in front of your spouse and in front of your kids. If you try to pick stocks, if like you're, hey, Rob, I got a hot tip from Nancy Pelosi's husband. You should go buy shares of XYZ Semiconductor. If you're going to buy stocks like that, I think you should practice and you should be wealthy. They say you should have at least $100,000 saved in your 401k before you ever buy one individual stock. I don't disagree with that because it takes them a while to get $100,000 saved. And if you're looking at the, if you're doing what I'm telling you and looking at the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times and the business section and not the entertainment section, you're probably going to be picking up on a little thought or two on business. Another piece of advice that I have is don't compare yourself to your friends. Um, real simple financial advice, but my sister-in-law she has vacationed really, really well. And her husband hasn't worked a lot in the last eight years. That's all I'm going to say about them. Because those are kind of both implying negative. In my head, 
I don't think they're saving as much in my head. I think that they're probably going to try to, you know, step up in front in inheritance, step up in front of the line, try to um, backstab or get a little bit more kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? So don't compare yourself though. In my head, they're vacation better than I am. In my head, they're probably not saving as much as I am for retirement. In my head, they're probably going to try to backstab and climb the inheritance ladder. But the opposite's also, you know, true. Maybe they are doing better. So I don't know. I don't have access to their money. What I'm getting at is some marriages are shaky, but they spend a lot of money. And some marriages are solid and they spend a lot of money. And some marriages are solid, they don't spend any money. Um, it's pretty easy in this society to like look at your neighbors and go, wow, she's, she's dressed perfect. Wow. Um, I had a guy come into my home not that long ago and he's like, you don't have a kitchen table? I'm like, yeah, I ordered one. But in his head, he's like, you don't have a kitchen table. Like you're that cheap that you like, you have to eat in the kitchen standing up or at a coffee table. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm that cheap. Um, spouse made a mistake, bought an imported table and well, it hasn't been made or sent or. I think the Italians are laughing at us. I'm ready for the president to go and do diplomatic negotiations for me to get me a freaking fracking table from Italy. But in my head, this guy came in my house and was like, you don't have a table. Interesting. You're that cheap. I'm like, no, no, no. It's really an expensive table when it's coming, but it's been a year. I think I should have got a way less expensive table and just use it for the functionality, right? So I had a lot of thoughts this weekend about my friends and family and how I judge them financially speaking, but I'm never envious. I think somewhere in the Bible, there's a, a thought like don't covet your neighbor's wife. Like don't get all hot and heavy and breathing. Blah. You're wow. She's gorgeous. And like my wife's that guy, like don't do it. Don't covet what they own. Don't covet the wife. Like uh, that's as biblical as I'm going to get on this show. I know you. Thank you very, very much. I'm Rob Black. Um, I think the final thought here on these like goofy <clears throat> financial tips is who you know matters a thousand times more than what you know. Anytime I find someone of knowledge, I make a friend with them. And that could be from someone who's knowledgeable on a roof. I don't like going on roofs. To someone who's, who's super knowledgeable about places to eat. Someone who's super, super knowledgeable about financial issues. I've said on this air that I work for beer as my way of goofy, snarkily, silly saying, I'll gladly take a look at your financial situation for you and help guide you. You just got to buy me a beer. Who you know matters a thousand more times than what you know. I think that gets misinterpreted. If you spend a small amount of your effort for many years sincerely caring about what people do and communicating with them, You'll have a valuable network of people. I know rodent people. I know investment people. I know TV and radio people. I know market, and I've made good connections with them. Networking is way more important than what you actually personally know because you have a network of experts. 
I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, hints, tips, tricks, and much, much more. Odd financial tips that I think are helpful. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. I think that's the right idea. Hopefully, I'm not messing up too much here and there with you. Um, let's talk what's we're seeing so far year to date. First and foremost, the Nasdaq's down 26.8%. The SP 500's down 19%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 13.9%. Let's call it 14%. Bitcoin's off 54.6%, sitting at 21,000 per coin. And oil's up 30%. Still the story of the year. Well below $197 a barrel. It was at 115. We were struggling with inflation thoughts of rampantness. And I think we're still there. Dollar is surging. Who's a winner? Who's a loser? That's something I think we're talking about more and more because we're in earnings season. The next two weeks, we'll get to see a majority of SP 500 companies come out and say, wow, this is how inflation's working on us. Wow, this is how Russia and Ukraine are, are hitting us. This is how labor costs are hitting us. How much it costs to produce a product and deliver it to you. So the dollar is a big player right now. The world's most important currency. Counts for about $6 trillion a day in daily economic activity. It's the strongest that it's been in 20 years. The dollar just hit parity with the euro for the first time in, since 2002. Um, so we could actually go to Europe and, and party like it's America right now. We can get good bang for our buck where for the last 20 years, it's been the Europeans coming to America and partying like, woohoo, everything's on sale. Much of the dollar's rise can be attributed to the federal reserve and them fighting inflation via boosting interest rate harder and faster and stronger. In the next two weeks, we're going to learn, does the Federal Reserve raise 100 basis points? I don't think they do 100. Anytime it was over 25 and it was 50 basis points, that used to be a bazooka. So 75 basis points at the June meeting and 75 basis points at the July meeting would be back-to-back double bazookas. I Something in my heart tells me it's not going to be 100 basis points. Will that be a relief for the market? Because 86% of Economists say it will be 100 basis points. Much of the dollar's rise can be attributed to the Federal Reserve, like I said, and rising interest rates. So they've turned the dollar stronger. If you're an American tourist, when the dollar rises in value compared to foreign foreign currencies, you're a winner, winner, chicken dinner. You get more bang for your buck when you travel. If you're a company that caters to tourists, you get more transactions. All the Americans thronging U.S. uh, European cities right now Like Paris, it's a good time to be selling luxury goods in Paris. It's a good time to be Burberry in the UK. A stronger dollar means lower prices for imports in the United States, which is key to bringing down inflation for the Federal Reserve. Let me repeat that because I think that's a big concept that I'm going to need to swallow, even though you don't have enough saliva in your throat. Strong dollar means lower prices for imports into the United States, which is key to the central bank, our Federal Reserve, for bringing down inflation. The past year, prices imports, excluding fuel, 
contributed to half the increase in consumer prices. But in June, they dropped for a second straight month. So we should be seeing peak inflation, maybe the last read, maybe this read, next read. But the Fed's doing their job as much as they can. And then we need a recession to do the rest of it. Some losers in a strong dollar, European and debt-ridden countries. A booming dollar may help calm inflation in the United States. It has the opposite effect in others. Where weakening currencies are driving up the cost of imports, particularly oil, which is priced in dollars. Another case for Bitcoin or the ruble. The ruble, not going to happen. American multinationals, like companies like Apple, companies that are so big that they have sizable operations in other countries, they get hurt by a rising dollar. Their goods become more expensive abroad and less competitive, and their earnings get eroded when converting international sales from back into the U.S. currency. Now, I usually bring up Apple because that's the easiest one, but I can bring up Microsoft, Salesforce. I can bring up Costco. They all have big business international exposure. Stupid rule of thumb on the stronger dollar is an 8 to 10% jump in the dollar causes U.S. company profits to drop by 1%. Okay. So what's 1%? It's a lot if you're Apple. And you're making billions of dollars. Just throw that down there for you. Or if you're another big multinational. Right now, pressure is mounting on central banks around the world to hike rates in line with the Federal Reserve and claw back some of their currency losses against the dollar. So World War Three, I think we're kind of learning from Russia and Ukraine, sanctions and the dollar and money is a big part of World War Three. Are we in World War Three? I'm not going to go that far. But certainly the world is being affected by it, right? I got a great email. And when I say a great email, I'm going to say a great email. Um, from a listener who, shall we say, is a little bit jaded. I think that's fair to say. And his investment thought is not what he should be doing. I'm going to share that email with you in the next segment because uh, it's a little bit long and I want to get into it as best I can. Uh, but some other stories that we have to hit this morning, in my opinion, is the market is an earnings season. And the next two weeks, we will see a direction for the market being established by our companies lowering their expectations or they raising their expectations or meeting their expectations. We're going to learn a lot of financial data. Goldman Sachs impressed with its second quarter earnings results and large upside revenue surprise. It's 3% higher in trading. Bank of America came up shy of analyst expectations. Boeing has helped today. Delta Airlines has placed an order for up to 130 737 MAX jets. Wall Street Journal is reporting that the aircraft manufacturers might soon resume deliveries of 787s. So IBM has not been snake bitten. They've had some quality control. They've had some training issues. They've had some uh, freak accidents. A lot of bad things conspired, including COVID, where people didn't travel for two years. Are you interested in Boeing? When they make an announcement that Delta's placed an order for up to 137, 37 MAX jets, weren't those the MAX jets that two of them went down? Uh-huh. 
haven't they fixed that problem like two years ago and should be forgiven? Probably. How many companies can compete with Boeing? Not many. IBM is going to report tonight after the market closes, but really Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are going to be the big days for earnings on Wall Street. Not necessarily Monday, but it's a big week. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Will the Fed's next big meeting be the thing that moves the market or will it be earnings season in the next two weeks? Well, we get the Fed meeting July 26th and 27th. 100 basis points or 75 basis points. 75 basis points is being met as an only 75 relief market rally thought. This is crazy how big of a problem inflation is and how we are trying to maximize our uh, shifts out of it with higher interest rates. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Let's hit some of the headline news. Goldman Sachs crushes analyst expectations on strong bond trading results. Bank of America ups revenue expectations lender benefits from higher interest rates, but profit dropped 32% from a year earlier. It took $523 million provision for credit losses in the future. I.e. you have a Bank of America card, you're going to go use your credit card and you're going to lose your job due to a recession. Losing your job due to the recession, you're not going to be able to pay your credit card. Bank of America already knows that. To the tune of 523 million. We saw started seeing that last week. Companies getting building up their their financials so that it doesn't hit so bad. Being prepped for it. Revenue climbed 5.6% at Bank of America. Net interest income surged 22% as higher interest rates have helped them. If you believe in the higher interest rate story, and I do. Do I think we go back to record lows? No. Do I think we go to record highs? No. <clears throat> Do I think the Fed's done raising interest rates? No. And when the Fed's done raising interest rates, do I think they instantly start cutting interest rates again to stimulate the economy? Hopefully not. It's certainly a possibility because they know that it works. So I think if you have some financial exposure, I think it's great in your portfolio. You should have some financial exposure according to Rob Black. Rob Black does not represent EP or anyone else. When he says that, he's just talking about historically speaking on the stock market, higher interest rates does well or creates an environment for thriving in financials. Delta's buying 100 Boeing Max planes. That's their first major order in more than a decade. Deliveries are slated for 2025. The more fuel-efficient MAX planes will replace the older Delta narrow-body jets. I'm always happy to be on a newer plane. I know what you're saying. Please don't get into a Rob Travel story. Nope. Won't do that to you at this point in time. Delta's going to configure the planes with 182 seats, 129 in standard, 33 in comfort plus, extra leg room, and 20 in first class. Okay. Now, if you're going to be Boeing, who, who are your competitors? I think there's two major competitors. Bombardier and 
Airbus. Airbus is a bunch of countries in Europe that got together and said, wow, that Boeing makes great planes. We should do something like that. And France is like, we will make the seats. And Germany says, yeah, we'll, we'll make the fuselage. We'll do the fuselage. And all the European countries got good at making one or two things that you put together a plane with. And they're a big power too. After that, it falls off precipitously. Is this a buy signal on Boeing? Probably, as is most cases on Wall Street, you buy when you can. And when could you buy Boeing? You buy Boeing during the pandemic for not free, but it certainly felt that way, in my opinion. The stock was cruising along in 2019, pre-COVID. La, 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 2000, November 2019, doing great. And then they got into some airplane crashes, um, which became very problematic. And you started seeing the fall, stock fall from 2019 levels from 380 all the way down to 150, roughly. 136 is how bad it got. And Boeing's a big Dow component. So when Boeing's down, the Dow's down. Not, not quite that simple because there's 29 other stocks, but you get the idea. Um, Boeing had to suspend their dividend. Boeing, I think, is a great company that is cyclical. There's always going to be plane crashes, and that's going to be problematic when it happens. There's going to be problems with new planes. Um, there's, you know, Dreamliner has air conditioning problems that, hit the control unit the control unit steers the plane the plane not being steered causes it to crash there's always going to be issues like that but this is a pretty good sign for boeing that they get such a big order and if you take a look at the company's valuation historically it's still 50 percent off from its all-time high doesn't have a lot of e in its earnings as far as pe goes it's trading at about 50 times well 33 times this year's earnings and about 32 times next year's earnings, but the earnings haven't started coming down from the new orders. If that makes sense. So I, I see that as a pretty big story today. There's a follow through today on the stock market rally, general risk on tone on wall street. We haven't used that term in a long time. Uh, risk on risk off, but that's where we are right now. Inflation in federal reserve versus how far will the market go down? I'm still, I guess, uh, what is the word? Disappointed in you. That when the market went down 20%, that people are like, oh, it's a bear market. Oh, it's the most horrible thing I've ever seen. Oh, I'm dying. I can't possibly eat that. It looks like worms. A 40% correction wouldn't have been crazy. And we still could get there. But for now, we're in rally on, risk on mode. Um. Consumer banking was really the standout on Bank of America. It posted 12% year-over-year revenue growth. Growth has been fueled by increased net interest income, driven by higher balances and higher interest rates. Bank of America saw healthy new account openings for checking consumer investments in small business accounts. Bank of America is one of those companies that I kind of ignore when the economy is doing well, but I pay a lot of attention to when the economy is struggling with inflation. So Bank of America, I think, did quite nicely. Goldman Sachs is kind of a bigger strategic, more international than Bank of America. Um, some of their 
metrics are tough to explain on air. They're debt underwriting, saw lower levels of market activity. Investment banking backlog was down from peak levels last year. They plan to slow hiring velocity and reduce certain professional fees going forward. They're committed to medium-term targets. They're taking deliberate action on capital and expenses, but will also continue to invest to strengthen the firm. They see inflation deeply entrenched in the economy. They see more volatility and more uncertainty ahead. So I like their, just their strategy versus Bank of America's almost simplistic consumer data. Again, if you were to boil those two earnings down, Goldman Sachs sees inflation deeply entrenched in our economy and more uncertainty ahead. And Bank of America says the consumer's doing great. Interesting, right? One gives you kind of more of a global perspective. One's giving you very much so one of the reasons why people are buying the dip right now. Snap's going to introduce a desktop version of its application. One minute. Snap is one of the social media companies that it's not that important. They fall under the Twitter category of eh, they're not making enough money. And you're seeing companies um, like TikTok pass them. Now they're going to get into, well, this is fascinating because at one point in time, Facebook was a desktop company and then they became mobile almost overnight and their business took off. Snapchat is going the opposite direction from only mobile to they're going to get in on the desktop now. Snap lowered its guidance, sitting the stock down 40% in May. Um, Likeable CEO, Evan Spiegel. I think he's married to Miranda Kerr, a Victoria's Secret Angel. Kind of comes with the territory when you're a billionaire. No? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com. Thousands of Italians are asking the prime minister to stay on. It's kind of a weird headline, is it not? Typically, politicians resign in shame. But Mario Draghi, they're asking him, don't resign. Um, stay in power if you can. Hundreds of mayors across the Southern European nation joined tens of thousands of ordinary citizens and signed a petition for Draghi to reconsider and stay on. In large part, Mario Draghi is a leader of a country who's politically tied towards economics. And he's considered pretty savvy. So that's just an odd thing to like kind of get out there, right? Because we're moving into political season in the United States. We got midterm elections coming up um, like tomorrow. Well, today is July 18th and elections are coming up in November, right? So it's kind of like tomorrow. It's going to get crazier and crazier out there. With or without Mario Draghi, the ECB is expected to lift interest rates for the first time in a decade. This week on Thursday, higher borrowing costs have raised the specter of fragmentation risk, a term of significant divergence in bond yields of indebted Southern European economies versus the Northern peers. Investors won't be looking at Italy lovingly. They'll be looking at it as like, oh, you're too risky. So higher interest rates are about to put in that debate in Europe again, how strong is the EU and how committed are they as a group for the strong nations to to help the weaker nations? The weaker nations are considered Portugal, Italy, Greece, and Spain, the pigs, P-I-G-S's. You could throw Ireland in if you like a double I, like the pigs. 
will Mario Draghi stay at power? I don't know. I just thought I should warn you that there will be some unbalance again in the approach on the EU. Yes, no, maybe so. Netflix is going to be an interesting one this week. Um, Not Stranger Things, Danger Things, right? They report numbers on Tuesday. And it could be like an episode of Squid Games. Where if Netflix says the wrong thing, bang, they get shot. They don't have Top Gun Maverick, which is what everyone's talking about this year, going back to the movie theater. Uh, a group of men that I know kind of get together and hang out as men. It's not as bad as it sounds. Um, kind of a night out socially, probably positive for all marriages is mom's night out equals dad's night out, but dads don't do it as often. But the men's night out, they all got a taco truck and met at a movie theater and did tacos in the parking lot and then saw a movie together and they saw Top Gun. Please note, they we did not get together and watch Stranger Things. Please note, we did not get together and watch uh, Squid Game or Bridgerton. That would be a good one. That would be a good one to cuddle up to a bunch of other men and talk about season two of Bridgerton. Was it a success or failure? But Stranger Things, Danger Things, lurking Tuesday after the market. And the reason I bring up the men hanging out and watching Top Gun is because we did. Go. That's, the, that's the media story. We did go. We went back to movies. And that cannot bode well for a service that you can cancel in a snap of a finger. And suddenly in 30 days, you won't be billed. Now, what is Netflix going to do about it? They're going to start talking about ads, advertising. Expect a treasure trove of advertising content during the conference call. Years of promising growth. Collecting a treasure trove of customer data. Netflix is now embracing advertisements. And last week, they announced a partnership with Microsoft for an ad-supported subscription tier slated to launch by the end of the year. So Netflix knows exactly what we're watching. ABC, NBC, CBS doesn't. They have no clue. And let me put it in a strange way. They know that I like, what am I watching right now? Um, I'm watching a lot of HBO, so they don't know that. But HBO knows uh, what I'm watching. So, okay, let's go back to Netflix. Netflix knows that I get on, I look for a comedy special every week. I go, seen it, seen it, seen it. Oh, this is a new one. I'll give that one a little try. And it turns out to be not funny. And I stop. I'll turn on Stranger Things and I'll binge watch that with my kids. Um, Netflix knows a lot about what I'm watching and not watching. So their advertising should you know, be a home run. Fox Television and Rupert Murdoch, whether you hate him or love him, he kind of got it right in the 1980s, starting a fourth network in the United States. And if you want to get into my conspiracy theory, why do we let a rich Australian start a network? Do you know how tough it is to own businesses in America as a foreign investor? It's brutal. So he starts with network and then he gets a news network and he changes the news landscape forever. If you're a Republican, you love that. If you're a Democrat, you're like, oh, he ruined America, depending on which side you're on. It is what it is. 
but uh, Fox did a great thing in the 80s and 90s. They created programming that was geared towards an audience. Beverly Hills 90210 was geared towards girls, women, 16 to 25, who were in love with Dylan or Brandon. Was it Brandon Dylan or was it Dylan Brandon or was it just Brandon? Or did they really like seeing the clothes that the young ladies were wearing? So advertisers went crazy because they know 16 to 25 kids get pimples. And kids buy a first little cute little cars, little VW Beetles. It's a cute little car. And he started doing product placements. And Fox would come out with shows like X-Files, which is kind of a big boy's uh, Stranger Things, right? And X-Files was, they knew it was men 18 to 35 who were staying home on Friday night, not on a date, watching the super science fiction monster of the week attack. So the advertisers went gaga for this. Netflix should have some pretty amazing advertising because of how well they know the consumer and what they're watching and what they're not watching. On Saturday or Sundays when I'm waking up, I typically throw on a cooking show on Netflix. I can throw on any of those eating shows and do the dishes and clean up. So we're going to learn a lot about Netflix on Tuesday evening. Netflix is swapping its green light, anything and everything mantra for a focus on launching massive franchises. Um, This Friday, you're going to see a new show on Netflix. I was going to say, is it this Friday or was it already this Friday? It may have come out already, The Gray Man. Gray Man is supposed to be a massive franchise. It's from the Avengers Endgame directors, Joe and Anthony Russo. Now, Netflix is saying, we're not going to crazily cut our spending, but we're going to try to be focusing on franchises, something we can milk. If you've seen, and this was a great comment from my producer last week, he goes, I feel like Marvel movies are like homework now. Like, if you don't see the next one out that's out, you're going to miss what's happening in the third one that's coming, the the one that you really want to see. You know, She-Hulk is a thing. It's a little weird watching that one. Just throwing that down there for you. So Netflix is going to try to focus on franchises of which they're going to come up with a Stranger Things spinoff. Will it be the... Um, gosh, I want to be careful I say this, but I guess I can say this. The, the, will it be the gay character spinoff? Will it be the lesbian character spinoff? Will it be a non-important character spinoff? Or will it be set in the same exact universe, but kind of differently in a different town? Interesting, right? Will there be crossovers? Franchises are huge right now. Now, on top of that, Netflix, anytime Netflix comes out with earnings, we're going to be talking Disney. Disney announced it's hiking the monthly price for ESPN Plus from $6.99 to $9.99. That's where Rock Scissors paper Netflix loses. Disney's stock is going to move higher because they have the ability to up what people are paying for content. Netflix is already priced in the upper ranges of, is it $15.99 for three streams or high definite streams or $19.99? And you're like, no more. You're starting to look like cable television as far as prices go. One minute. Disney started with a really low cost to get the numbers up, and now they're raising prices. Value-wise, um, Hulu has a bundled price with Disney Plus of $13.99. Narrowing the price difference could push some of the 22 million ESPN Plus subscribers to pony up the package for Hulu in in turn. That's going to try to get more revenue or more subscribers. It's pretty interesting the way you can set a subscription plan. 
So Disney's plus goal is to reach a target of 230 to 260 million subscribers by the end of 2024, surpassing Netflix as the leading service. The race is on. So anytime you talk Netflix right now, you talk Disney as well, in my opinion. And if you look at the two stocks, which one do you think is going to do better in the next year? Three years, five years, 10 years. I, I, if I had to pick one, I'd pick Disney. But I, I don't have to pick one. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want to talk anything finances? Uh, let's do it. This show is dedicated to getting your retirement. I have a financial planner. I do recommend financial planners. And I do work with EP Wealth. Financial planners are for those of us who are 50 plus heading towards retirement, who have a big chunk of change that needed to last from age 60 to 100. I would refer to that as wealth management. This show is all about wealth creation, talking about things like Disney versus Netflix. In the first hour of the show, which will be on podcast, maybe, maybe not, not all segments make it out of the podcast. That's why you have to listen to two hours and be part of the two-hour club. I talked about investing in heat and 100-degree temperatures. It was tied towards a company that does commercial refrigeration units, air conditioning units, HVAC equipment. Wattsco. Wattsco, Disney, or Netflix? What type of investor are you? Total Burger Advisor. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.